Welcome to Amplify. We are here to help you own your truth, use your voice, and stand out as the most unapologetically aligned, abundant, and authentic version of you so that you can make a big impact in the world doing what sets your soul on fire. Because you and I, we are meant to stand the F out. I'm your host, Lauren Salon, and I'm a public relations and marketing expert, entrepreneur, speaker, former on-air entertainment host, and past professional fitness competitor and health coach. And several times per week, I'll be bringing you epic guest conversations and solo episodes along with the tools, tricks, and tips that you need in order to step into your power, own your purpose, and stand out in the world as the most vibrant version of you. Because I believe that the more you you are in the world, the more successful and fulfilled you will be. So what do you say? Are you ready? Let's get amplified because blending in is bullshit. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Amplify. Today is a quickie solo episode. And what we're going to talk about today or what I'm going to talk about today is attachment styles, past programming, healing and how I've navigated some of that recently as I've found some past triggers kind of pop up in the last week. So I'm going to explain the situation first, right? So I have over the past several years, I've been on a deep healing journey really since like 2020, but last year, 2022, and obviously so many of my solo episodes and even interview episodes so far this year or lately have been around a lot of this healing stuff and a lot of my big breakthroughs and realizations and everything like that. So, you know, we're still in that journey. I don't think you're ever fully healed. I think certain things may go away for good, but sometimes we find that certain past patterns, right? Past programming, it might go away to a certain extent, but then, you know, under stress or in new situations. Sometimes those old programs pop up again, or sometimes they show up in new ways, right? Especially when you've lived your whole life operating with certain subconscious and even conscious programs. Sometimes it takes a little bit of work and a little bit of practice to keep the new programming, the new patterns to keep those sticking, right? And so a lot of last year, as I mentioned, was work around healing my, or really awareness around, and then healing, you know, diving into the healing journey for my own complex PTSD, which is relational PTSD, healing around a lot of my past trauma and stuff like that, especially as it relates to interpersonal relationships, breaking my own or healing my codependency wound, healing the narcissistic abuse wound, like all this kind of stuff, right? That's the whole stew of things, you know, or just a little bit of it. So a lot of work around that. And I feel very confident in saying that my tendency and pattern of being attracted to narcissistic behavior in men and being attracted to emotionally unavailable men I feel really confident that I've broken that. And it feels like that's been true for me for about six months now, right? Like I did 
group therapy type program around that specifically and got to understand why I was attracted to people like that. I mean, you know, I'm not going to go into the entire thing right now in today's episode, but if you find yourself attracted to people who are emotionally unavailable, there's likely a lot going on. But one of the things that's usually going on too, is that you yourself are also emotionally unavailable in some way. Even if you don't think so, even if you don't feel like it, right? If you find that you're just attracting emotionally unavailable people, there's a part of you that is putting that out into the world as well, right? And also, right, like if you find that you're attracting a lot of narcissistic people, and oftentimes the counterpart to that is the codependent, right? So I have had struggles with codependency. And it's interesting because codependency doesn't necessarily look like being really needy. Sometimes it can. Codependency can look like, and oftentimes for me, it can look like getting your worth from what that person is giving you, that your worth is attached to other things instead of just you, right? And so that's why a lot of codependent people I've found can be workaholics, hyper-independent, all that kind of stuff, right? Because there's this fear of deep intimacy, right? Often, you know, from trauma, that kind of thing. And, but then the codependent piece comes in with, oh, well, I can't feel whole and worthy by myself. So I'm going to look to you to give me that, right? Like codependency doesn't necessarily look like, oh, needy, 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 clingy, 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 even though that's, I think for me, at least what was always implied with the word. So anyway, if you find yourself being codependent, right? Like, or attracting a lot of narcissistic people into your life, that sort of thing. It's an invitation to look closer at what in you is attracted to that. Why, right? Like, is there codependency stuff on your part? Right. So many things. And again, I'm not an expert in this. So like, this is just from my own educational journey, awareness journey, healing journey, all this kind of stuff. So everything I'm sharing is what's been supportive for me in navigating all of this and things that are helpful for me. Again, not an expert in this, not a therapist, doctor, anything like that. So just my personal experience, take it or leave it. Okay. So all that to say, I feel so confident that I've broken that codependency narcissism pattern when it comes to romantic relationships, when it comes to dating, right? Like as soon as I see that kind of stuff coming up or like my past patterning kind of popping up or, or being mirrored back to me in the people I'm choosing, I'm like, Ooh, no. Right. Like, Oh, this is done. Not a good match. Right. Like very quickly. Whereas in the past I used to sometimes lean in harder. Right. Or like, I'd feel like, Oh, this person's emotionally unavailable. Ooh, a fun challenge for me. Right. Like that was the kind of shit that I would do instead. Now I'm like, Ooh, turn off boring. Right. And so anyhow, I've been dating somebody for a few months now and it's been really great and I've really enjoyed it and it's felt healthy and steady and like grounded and like really good. Right. Didn't have the, like, you know, the past like whirlwind chaos chemistry that feels awesome, but is like not necessarily a good thing, right? Didn't have that right out of the gate. Like, don't get me wrong, great chemistry from the beginning, but not in that like frantic, chaotic way, which is what used to happen with me a lot, which that also was so fun, but 
didn't necessarily result in the healthiest relationships or relationships that I wanted to pursue, right? For one reason or the other. Anyway, so man, I've been seeing for a few months now, going really well, all this kind of stuff. And all I'm going to say is had some stuff in his personal life happen that was very stressful, very overwhelming, like all that, and has been the consistency shifted. That's what I'm going to say. The consistency shifted for about a week and was pretty confusing. And real talk at the time of recording this still a little confusing. And I can see how, yeah, life happens. You know, we're not always going to be like 100% all that. Anyway, that's not the conversation we're having today. My point is, right, there was a shift in consistency from what I had grown used to. And it fucking triggered my shit so hard. Like all the directions. Oh my gosh, is everything okay? Oh my gosh, is like, okay, this is how this person acts when under pressure. Okay, like, am I being ghosted? That seems very out of character. Like, da 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 da. Or, like, is this person a pathological liar? Not who they say they are, because I've been down that road before too. So, like, brought up so much stuff and sent me into a bit of an anxiety like a mental anxiety spiral. When I say spiral, I'm not using that. Like I wasn't like a fucking mess crying or anything like that. I don't think I even cried over it actually, but my brain was like trying to solve the problem. Right. And was going into like ADHD anxiety, like overdrive to figure out what the fuck is going on. And then like so much of my shit came up, right? Like a lot of my shit, I was feeling confused, anxious, I was questioning everything, right? Like, oh my gosh, has everything been a lie up until this point? And then I'm like, no, like based on my experience and based on actions, no, it hasn't, you know? But like, it was pretty interesting how a few days of change, yes, dramatic change, I will say, but a few days like really brought that past programming up. You know, again, not to say that change in consistency is okay, But I'm just talking about my side of the street, right? Like my experience, what it brought up in me. And again, it sent me into a big trauma spiral and questioning myself, my discernment, all this kind of stuff and being like, fuck, is this the same like human archetype that I've thought I wasn't like, is this happening again, but just in a different way, like all this kind of stuff and led me down into a bit of like almost a... So it's interesting because when I find that I get triggered by stuff that is related to all that trauma that I explained in the beginning, I will sometimes dig into more knowledge to support me in getting clarity, feel like deepening my healing, all of that. And so I went into like, I was like binging more like psychologist YouTube videos and podcast episodes and kind of stuff like that on like. CPTSD, like abuse, like all that kind of stuff. And that was soothing and comforting to a certain extent because it's less focused on whatever any other person is doing and more the intention of it is focused on, okay, let me understand this stuff better so I can understand myself better and I can understand how to heal better. But then there was, while that's happening, stuff also came up that was like, fuck, like, this kind of, that kind of abuse, not this current situation I'm talking about, but like long-term complex post-traumatic stress disorder, it changes your brain. 
right? And I believe that ADHD is, and again, not an expert in that either, but I believe that I've noticed that pop up in the last couple of years, very in tune with my healing journey. And again, I'm not going to talk about that. Today's not the episode for ADHD discussion, but again, I believe ADHD is trauma response as well. Most, a lot of the time. And so as I'm last week digging into more knowledge so that I can understand how I operate better so that I can then heal. Right. Cause if I don't understand it, like that's harder for me to find solutions or to whatever, but all of that, as I'm getting a deeper understanding, you know, there was part of me that was like, okay, like my brain is different as a result of all of this stuff. So when things like this, right, like when things like this happen, my brain works a little differently based on past shit. And so it's not unusual for my brain to go all those different directions, right? And to get on like hyper protection mode and to dissociate and to loop a bit, right? And so there was this feeling for me of like, fuck, like, ooh, bringing up a little bit for me right now. It's okay. We good. There was this feeling like, fuck, my brain's, my brain works differently. And, and at the time it was a, my brain works differently, but not in a better way. However, I know that's not true. And even when I was thinking that, like, I know that's not true, but sometimes, and those who have anxiety and stuff like that can probably relate listening to this. It's like, sometimes when you're in that, like, when it feels like your brain is glitching, the benefits of your brain working differently, which let me tell you, like, there are so many fucking benefits to how my brain works. It's different and so cool. But sometimes when it glitches in a way that doesn't feel good, it can just feel like shit, honestly. And so I was, as I'm diving into more learning about it last week, again, I was like, my brain is never going to work right said with quotes, my brain is never going to work normal quote because of these deep programs. And so I was feeling sad for myself. I was feeling bad for myself. I was feeling pity for myself, all of that victim mentality, victim mentality, right? Like, Oh, poor me victim. My brain is different and I'll never be quote unquote normal. And it's never going to quote unquote work, right? All this kind of stuff, which first of all, I have no desire to be normal, right? And every single human's brain works differently. Your brain, my brain, no one's brain works the same as anyone else's. So they're like, yes, there's healthier and more normal, sure. And like, it's not really a question of right or wrong. Like my brain doesn't work wrong. It works differently. And most of the time that differently is so fucking dope, right? And sometimes there are trade-offs for how dope my brain is in the way that it doesn't always feel good. And so with this situation with the man I am seeing, was seeing, I don't fucking know right now. Anyway, conversation for another time. I used to handle this stuff, but I would get really anxious for a few days and then I would fucking detach so fast. And because I felt a lot of anxiety around it and I would get into this kind of loop in a sense, like my brain, like 
what, what's happening? And then he texts me back to, he says, no, I said, why? I don't know why I wonder what's going on. I wonder what, right. Like that kind of like chaotic, anxious feeling kind of spiral and looping. I used to think that I wasn't had an anxious attachment style, right? It felt anxious, anxious attachment style (laughs) was the thing. But then I'd be like, but I can switch so fast. Like I don't stay there that long. And then I can switch so fast to being disconnected. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'm avoidant, but I don't typically, my inclination is not to avoid and check out. It's to lean in when there's a little confusion or whatnot. So last week, as all this was happening, because with this connection with this particular man, again, it has felt so healthy and so grounded And so I've been like, wow, like, and I have been very much showing secure attachment in it, which has felt really good. Like it's felt so good to be in that place. And of course, like how another person shows up helps, right? That's helpful for me to stay in secure zone. But then I noticed like, okay, a shift in consistency and stuff like that, like really triggered that wounded attachment style, right? That unhealthy attachment style. And so I binge listened to the attachment theory book. And so it's called Master Your Attachment Style by Scott Young. And I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It's only a few hours long. And you can like, if you listen to it on Audible, you can kind of speed up how fast it it's read, all of that. So highly recommend Mastering Your Attachment Style by Scott Young. And I'm not going to go into like all the attachment theory type stuff right now. I'm just going to give a little, a quick overview. And again, I'm not an expert in this either, but attachment theory is a psychological theory revolving around the idea that our romantic and platonic relationships with others result from how much affection we received during infancy. And there are four different attachment styles, secure attachment, anxious, preoccupied attachment, fearful, avoidant attachment, and dismissive, avoidant attachment. And these are some notes from the attachment style sheet that you get if you get the book. So again, like your childhood is hugely responsible for the development of your attachment style. And that ends up being the blueprint for how you react in relationships, friendships, work situations, all of that. And over time, like your attachment style is not fixed. For example, like it can change. It can become less healthy or it can become more healthy, right? And it takes work. But again, sometimes like, you know, even if you've shifted to healthier, which I very much feel that I have over the last year, like under stress, things can like, you know, the old attachment style can kind of pop up again. And so you can shift to healthier, but whatever that baseline is, is kind of may be there to a certain extent for your whole life possibly. Right. Which isn't to say again, like last week I was like, Oh, poor me, my fucked up brain sort of thing. Right. But not really because like we've all got our own shit for one. So I'm going to just do a quick highlight of them. So the dismissive avoidant is highly independent, can often feel overwhelmed. And so they'll withdraw when they feel like someone's relying on them, right? So they really, really value freedom, the dismissive avoidant. And so 
They often can feel like relationships will limit their freedom. They get uncomfortable with intimacy and they usually do not seek help from others. So that's dismissive avoidant. Fearful avoidant is conscious of the need for intimacy, yet they anticipate rejection and disappointment all the time. So they're like, yeah, I want intimacy, but right then the fear steps in. Hypersensitive to social cues. Hello, empaths. Struggles with autonomy and intimacy, right? What I was talking about with emotional availability and codependency. Okay, so here we go. Fearful avoidant, quick to shift from being emotionally available to emotionally distant. And like I said, like, yeah, I mean, can you tell which one I am? (laughs) Fearful avoidance are dependent on others for positive view of the self. So for so long, I thought that I was anxious avoidant. Let me read anxious avoidant and then we'll go into it. So anxious preoccupied has a negative view of the self, but positive view of others. Anxious often worries that their partner doesn't really love them. Anxious is quick to fall in love with somebody. Anxious, preoccupied, seeks a relationship with an intense, burning passion. Eh, That's a little bit me sometimes. Anxious, preoccupied, huge people pleaser because of their self-worth comes from their partner's approval. So I relate to a lot with the anxious, but I'm not quick to fall in love with somebody at all. I no longer seek the like intense burning passion. Yes, passion, but I don't need that right out of the gate, right? I used to think that if that wasn't there right out of the gate, something's fucking wrong. And my people pleaser stuff has really been, is gone in a lot of ways. Negative view of self, positive view of others, also not true. Often worries their partner doesn't really love them. Not really true. So mine, I definitely fall into fearful avoidant much more. Hold on, we're going to keep going. So secure, secure attachment believes romantic love never fades. Accepting of their partner despite their flaws. Feel comfortable depending on their partner and being dependent on are comfortable with intimacy in a close relationship and have a positive view of the self and others. So I've shifted a lot more to secure and under stress or anything like that. Those for me, that fearful avoidant stuff pops up. So again, conscious need for intimacy, yet fearful of rejection and disappointment, hypersensitive to social cues, struggle with autonomy and intimacy. So not in the like sense of being independent, but like that need for other things to kind of fulfill quick to shift from being emotionally available. to emotionally distant me so fast, right? Like literally like I will sit with anxiety for two or three days when it comes to emotional or when it comes to romantic relationships, when, even when it comes to friendships, I'll sit with discomfort and anxiety for like two, three days after that mark, I fucking shut it down. Right. Like I can literally shift to where like, I'm completely detached, which is like a good skill to have, but also not always super effective for things dependent on others for a positive view of the self. Sometimes this one's, you know, that's a self-worth thing. Sometimes that pops up from time to time, but not so much anymore. Anyway. So one of the things, the reason why I'm kind of sharing this right now is Because again, like this was really eye-opening reading this book last week or listening to it, I guess was really eye-opening for me to be like, oh, one, I've assumed I was anxious avoidant or sorry, anxious preoccupied, but I'm actually fearful avoidant. Right. And one of the things that the author says in the book, 
Scott A. Young says in the book is that sometimes I think it can be really easy to look at all these things and like, oh, trauma and this and this was a result of trauma and that was a result of trauma and this and this and so was this and so was this and be like, well, fuck, I'm pretty fucked up. I'm never going to be able to overcome all this shit, right? And then feeling like there's something wrong with you when in truth, like one, you are exactly how you are supposed to be and where you're supposed to be right now, exactly where you're supposed to be, whether you like it or not. Right. And also every like way we operate has its benefits and its negatives, right. Has its strengths and has its weaknesses. If it didn't have its strengths, we wouldn't keep doing it. Right. And so even if you're like, well, shit, I'm whatever attachment style, one of the things in the book is he was like, now, like, sure, you can work toward a more secure attachment style, but also each attachment style has its strengths and weaknesses. And so, especially as last week, I was like going through all this stuff and feeling like my brain was broke. That was so supportive of me. And so I'm just going to share the ones for fearful avoidance, right? Deeply passionate strengths, deeply passionate and expressive makes them some of the most creative people like looking at things on a deeper level so that they can understand things that fly over everyone's head, grounded, open-hearted, caring, empathetic, great attention to detail, extremely perceptive and great at reading a room, have deep compassion for children, plants, animals, achievement-oriented, perform well under pressure, right? And then, yeah, there's weaknesses too, but I had been looking at all this kind of like all these trauma patterns as weaknesses, right? Last week, at least, right? Like when I'm not under stress and not like in a loop, it's easy for me to see both sides of things. It's a lot easier for me to, you know, be like, oh, why is this happening for me? What is the good that's in this? All of that. But last week it was really challenging. And so listening to the book was a great reminder for me to be like, wait a second, this is how I'm like, even if nothing changes and nothing gets healed beyond this point, Instead of being like, oh, poor me, because of X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. Here's all the bad things that are happening because of this attachment style being like, wait a second, focus on the good shit, right? And this is so true. Like I'm preaching to the choir and I'm preaching my own medicine right now, right? Because when it comes to manifestation and attraction and right, like all that kind of stuff, step into what you want to be a match for, right? Me focusing all on all the weaknesses and the quote unquote, bad stuff, right? And the faults, if you will, even though let's not call them that, right? But me focusing on that stuff, the stuff that I think is broken or bad or whatever it is, that's not gonna help, right? And that's gonna attract more of that shit, right? What you focus on, what you find, where your attention goes, where your energy flows, where your attention goes, like that's what grows, okay? And so a big reminder for me, and I want this to be a reminder for you is, Yes, of course, I'm going to continue to deepen my healing, right? Continue to become more self-aware and all of this and shift toward a more secure attachment style, all of that. And as I'm doing that, don't make myself wrong for where I am now. Okay, then what are the strengths of where I'm at right now? Amazing. Okay, and so that's my reminder to you. Yes, right, we can hold both. We can hold the truth of, oh, I'm working on X, Y, Z, and I'm working on healing this and that, and da, 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 right? That can be true, and that can be happening while also 
saying, and you know what? Here are all the amazing strengths of where I'm at right now and how my brain's working right now. Here are all the strengths and the amazing things going on right now. And here's why I'm grateful for my brain working that way, right? Because da, 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 da. that doesn't mean I don't want to also heal certain things and shift things, but you can hold both. You can hold, okay, we're deepening that healing journey and all that kind of stuff. And I'm grateful for the now, right? And this is the same thing we talk about and same thing I've talked about with you so many times about manifestation, right? And attraction, law of attraction, magnetism, manifestation, all of that. One foot in desire, one foot in gratitude. Just like if you want to reshape internal stuff, one foot in desire. The desire in this case is moving toward healthier, more healed. One foot in gratitude is, okay, what is amazing about the right now? All right, that's what I got for you now. I hope this was supportive. Once again, the book is Master Your Attachment Style by Scott Young. I'll put a link to the audiobook in the show notes. And I hope this was supportive. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. Take a screenshot, post it in your Instagram stories, tag me, all that kind of stuff. I appreciate you so, so much. And I will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you love this episode and if you know of somebody else who is bold, successful, and unapologetically owning their unique magic while they make a big impact in the world, please send them my way. And it would also mean the world to me if you help me get this message out to as many listeners as possible. So if you liked what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you would please take 30 seconds to leave a five-star rating, write a quick review, and share this episode with your friends. Be sure to tag me so that I can say thank you. And until the next episode, keep showing up, keep using your voice, and keep being you. Because the world needs more of your magic. Yeah.